Women Taking the Lead, episode 118. Play your own game in terms of know that what you want is fine. It's totally fine. Your way of doing things are totally fine. And just be comfortable to do what you want. Trying to be incongruent and do what you think other people want you to do is just a source of massive unhappiness. So play your own game, do something that feels aligned with you, and you'll be happy. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Vicki Murgatroyd, who is a mindset coach and transformation specialist. After losing her mom and finding her partner was cheating on her weeks later, she lost herself completely. Discovering the world of personal development, Vicki finally owned the responsibility she had both for her failings and then for her potential, and now shows other entrepreneurial women that self-awareness and self-knowing are the only way to success. Vicki, thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, I just want you to know Vicki is at 1.30 in the morning where she is. So Vicki, really thank you, thank you for staying up late to do this recording and share your story with my community. I know you have a lot to share. And I've only shared a little bit about you. So if you could give us more about you and your own humble beginnings, that would be great. Awesome. Uh, thank you very much for having me here, Jody. Um, so to share, yeah, a little bit about where things kind of started off for me. And yeah, I think it was the, the kind of necessary transition um, through the bad that allowed me to find the good, but I didn't necessarily know that at the time. Um, but my mom had been sick um, while I was at uni throughout the, the three years of, of my course there. And unfortunately, when I was in my um, my final year, she passed away. Um, and a lot of emotion around that, a lot. And a lot that I just had no, um, no idea how to deal with whatsoever. I wasn't very good at dealing with emotion as it was, but then this whole thing was just, way way bigger than I could manage and definitely at the time um and then when I came home and found that my partner had been cheating on me um I kind of went into that stage where you you sit on the couch and the world just kind of moves around you and I would just sit there and my dog very loyal would just sit next to me but there was just nothing um n- nothing kind of penetrating in nothing um no me in there at that time um and Oh, makes me quite emotional thinking back about it. <laughs> um, the yeah, because I was at uni, we would go out and um, drink fairly often. Um, very quickly, I realised that that was a way to melt down in tears and have everything come up for me. So that became a uh, avenue not to go down. And unfortunately, um, through choices of my own, I discovered uh, drugs were a good way to switch my brain off at that time and that I could look happy, that I could appear happy. And that was all I wanted was for people to think, yep, I'm okay. And I was failing in doing that by myself. And then suddenly this external thing gave me that um, facade, I guess, that ability to, to look okay, to be part of the party and part of the um, the fun again. And yeah, so obviously very quickly that became um, a bigger problem with that 
I, I became very reliant on it and um, became that I was doing it every day. And it was just a way for me to feel something, for me to switch off and, and not deal with that emotion. Um, having said that, when I finally recognised that there was an addiction there, that was the big wake-up call when kind of probably came a little bit later than it, than it should have done if I wasn't clouded by all that emotion. But that was what led me to discover the personal development work because I, I knew that that was giving me something, the drugs, I mean, was giving me something that I didn't have or I wasn't connected to in myself. And, again, this is probably me talking um, with some very uh, very beneficial hindsight, but it gave me that, um, the personal development work, sorry, gave me that, I guess, that connection back to myself where I could start to work things out so I could start to feel and, and know that it was okay to feel and kind of start to let it in. Um and then I guess how I always liken it when, when I'm speaking with people is um, so many people are trying to escape themselves in, in whatever way. It doesn't need to be drugs. It can be TV. It can be um, food or alcohol or whatever it is. But it's that whole denial of yourself, that wanting to escape from, yeah, the reality that you've set up for yourself because you don't know how to make you be able to cope with it so that was that was my entry into the the personal development world and uh yeah wow wow thank you so much for sharing that vicky because i think you're absolutely right it is becoming very prevalent i don't know that it's growing i don't know the statistics on it all i know is right now it seems like first world countries we are um so addicted to things that help us escape reality, escape emotion, escape stress. Um, You see a lot of coping going on, and I do too, all around me. Um, And I do a little bit myself. I'm certainly not perfect with this. But, you know, when I, I hear the number of people who tell me that they're on anti-anxiety medication or antidepressants or, you know, I see how much they're drinking or the food and even exercise. I know some people who are so stressed out and they, they, they exercise for hours, you know, every day. And, you know, a lot of it is like you said, just running from ourselves, running from emotion, running from what we're dealing with. So it's really great to hear um, that you found personal development and that's what helped you find your way back to yourself. And I think there are definitely going to be people who are listening right now who are going to be interested in what you have to say coming up because I think we're all on that journey to, you know, deep into it or just starting it um, of trying to cope and and find more happiness. So let me lead you right into the next question, because clearly you have come a long way. I mean, your story, oh my God, I think we've all been there at one time or another where we just felt numb, like the Mm. world was just moving around us and we were not really participating in it. And now you're out changing people's lives and, you know, how far you've come. So take us next to a time when you were playing small when you undervalued yourself or you didn't realize how capable you were share with us that story and the lessons you've learned um that's a great question really good question I like that a lot very thought-provoking um I would probably say this playing small thing for me takes me back to probably where it all began um so I had um 
a group of friends who I was particularly close to also I thought at school um and one of them in particular started the whole you know girly bitching and 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 all that kind of stuff and at first I kind of thought oh you know that's okay and then as it continued and as it got worse and I suppose she was probably just trying to garner a reaction um which certainly worked and I kind of slipped into again probably hindsight talking that I know what was going on without really recognizing at the time but I slipped into that became my perception of me whatever was being said I took on as that's the truth rather than having I guess the maturity certainly but having the confidence in myself to know that I define me um I allowed these external kind of factors to start to define me and I thought when you said playing small moment that was that was what came to mind in that I thought if I could make myself small enough and unnoticeable and everything else then it would all go away you know if if I could just be so unnoticeable so unremarkable that nobody could possibly think of anything bad to say about me then it would Hmm. it would all stop and (laughs) that's not how it works but that was something that I really carried with me and I think as I'm sure probably um, you can appreciate when you start a business all of your stuff is going to come up to face you (laughs) and this was a big thing for me because I suddenly I had to be seen and I think I hadn't realized unconsciously how much I'd carried that around with me that you know if I if I wasn't seen then I was safe and that was my link for me um and then as obviously when you're in business and you're having to put the business out there and all that stuff just comes up in your mind and you know there's that whole battle because you've got a message that you want to get out there but you've also got this massive fear of what will happen and what will people say and everything else and I guess probably the biggest lesson was knowing that everybody has their own stuff it's, it, it's their business, it's their stuff that's going on and it's only you that defines you. And as soon as you take on their beliefs, that is then going to be your definition of you. But when you allow you to define you and know that everybody else is just dealing with their stuff as well, then you can kind of rest in that confidence, that certainty that allows you to to do, you know, change things externally. Yeah, that's a really powerful story. And I'm kind of reading in between the lines because what I'm I'm hearing you say is there was an experience you had where you were being kind of bullied by somebody or at least somebody who was being very critical yeah. of you and what you were doing. And I think we can all <laughs> attest to experiencing that. <laughs> you know, even if it's not overt, sometimes I feel like it's very subtle. Some of the, Sometimes it's the way someone's speaking to me or what they say to me, that they're being very critical of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And, you know, I can tell I'm not being perceived in the best light. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, and sometimes we can. It's so true. It's it's so funny to say we can say conceptually, I know who I am. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. But at this <laughs> you know, I know who I am and what I'm about. Mm. But sometimes when people, you know, don't like you or they're being very critical of how you're doing things, you can develop this impression of yourself. You know, it might not be exactly what they think, but in some way you feel like you're failing or you're not doing well or that you're just not measuring up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's it. But I think I, as well, it has to, if something, if you're going to really take something on, 
it has to somehow resonate with you. You have to somehow take it as, oh, that could be true. You know, say if somebody said to me, oh, you know, oh, you're so tall, I would probably not take that on because I'm fairly short, you know. But if, mm-hmm. if somebody says something to you that actually kind of hits a nerve for you and that's what you take on, I guess it kind of comes from, again, that self-doubt as either you may on some level believe that it's true or you're not sure enough in yourself to know whether or not it's true. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's important to have an awareness of kind of your um, your buttons, the buttons that can get pushed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for example, I know for me, I've had this thing and I know where it comes from. I have the memory of it was, you know, I just have this... Um, this um, button I have where I don't want to be a bother to somebody, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. I don't want to be bothering people. I have this memory where I was clearly bothering somebody and when they let it be known, and I was like three, I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> like this is where it's going back to three years old, wanted attention. And it was clear that that was not the appropriate time for me to be needing a lot of attention or whatever have you. And I definitely got the impression that I was bothering this person or I was a bother. So whenever somebody subtly or overtly sends me a signal like I'm bothering them, that Mm -hmm. pushes a button in me, right? And it it triggers something. So what I'm hearing you say is it's very important to be aware of your own triggers Mm -hmm. so that you're not taking it on. Because otherwise, if I didn't know that was a button of mine, like, okay, that's the button. That's there it is. I would definitely have this impression of myself that I truly am bothersome yeah, to people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I yeah, imagine what that would do to your confidence, what that would do to your, you know, to your ability to connect with people with the message that you have to bring. Yeah. And try being a business owner and not bothering anybody, right? It's impossible. Exactly. Right? Not many paychecks going your way. <laughs> right, right. And I think what it is, what it really means is like, yeah, you know, sometimes I do bother people. Like they would say, yes, you are bothering me right now. But what's really important is also to redefine the meaning of, or for this example, redefine the meaning of what it means to be a bother. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I'm much more comfortable with it because I know if I don't at some point, you know, cross that line, I'll I'll be playing it safe to the mm-hmm. point where I will make no impact on the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's taking the risk. And, and sometimes somebody will say, you know, like, look, you're bothering me. And I will be like, <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> and I'll, I'll scale back a little bit. But if I'm not willing to put myself out there. That would be a major problem. And so for what advice would you give for those listening? Like, you know, they know their own buttons and, you know, what what do they need to be aware of and how should they handle that? I guess, yeah, exactly what you said is the, so a lot of these things are, are buttons, as you, as you put it, I like that. Um, a lot of them operate on such an unconscious level that they just run us without us being consciously aware. But as you say, when you bring that to your conscious awareness and you can say, oh, that's just what that is. It loses a lot of its power. It loses its control over you, certainly. So I guess that internal recognition of what's going on for you, just just notice your kind, your own buttons and um, just tune into it. Your conscious awareness is such a power for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Vicki, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call or a light bulb went on. For some people, it's a moment, and for others, it happens over time. But take us back to a moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Awesome. Um, I would say probably my 
probably my biggest aha moment was when I had my first kind of process done in in the personal development world. So it was, um, I had timeline therapy. So it was all about, just as you said before, when you went back to that first event, when you real, when you kind of made that decision that you were, you were a bother. Um, I guess it's that process, but it's with um, specific emotions. So you go back and you clear the emotions. Now, in the state that I was in, I was still very highly um, <laughs> desperate to hold on to everything. I, I, I didn't know how to let the emotion go um, about everything that had happened with mom and, and, and the addiction and things like that. And so holding on to it for me became the safer option than potentially letting it go and losing my mind. I felt like I had nobody to fall back on. So if I let my stuff go, then there was nobody to pick me up. So that was my thought process in, in that. But luckily, a very good friend of mine was a practitioner and she walked me through with absolute patience. So all credit to her, um, this process to let go of the emotion and we were in my house and I remember very clearly being sat on the living room floor and just fighting very hard to hold on to this stuff because, as I said, I didn't know how to let it go. And then getting over that boundary and finally allowing myself to release the emotion. And it was literally like my whole body just kind of sunk into the carpet. And um, we did that for a few different emotions, um, for kind of your anger, sadness, fear and guilt. And yeah it was emotionally absolutely draining because it was things that I hadn't wanted to look at for fear's sake but it wasn't it wasn't until about a week later when I really had that moment where everything collapsed into kind of a new format of reality um it's probably the best way I could think to describe it but Leanne the woman who did the process with me she said you've been different this week how have you felt and I remember so clearly exactly where I was standing and it was like the whole world came in at me and I kind of looked back in my mind through through the week that had gone on and I was like I had felt completely different I hadn't noticed at the time which sounds ridiculous but I'd felt different I'd acted different I'd certainly had none of the emotional stuff that I'd had going on before but because the change went on at such an unconscious level, it just allowed me to be again. And it was, it sounds very cheesy when I say it, but it was it was like that coming home feeling of finally everything falls back into alignment and you feel like you're, I guess, in you, in your body, back, back to yourself again. Um, and I guess that was the kind of light bulb where I realised that we're not our behaviour, we're not our emotions, we are so much more than that. But I guess I'd come to define myself by that for for so long. And it was just, yeah, as I say, the whole world kind of came in at me. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I mean, a couple of men, I'm having several thoughts going on all at the same time. Um, One is, yeah, that makes sense when you're fighting so hard not to feel certain Mm -hmm. emotions. Like you have to deaden all of the emotions yeah. To, yeah. to a large extent. And when you allow them to come back in and when you're talking through them, it must, it must've been exhausting. You, I, <laughs> I'm not surprised you say like, I felt like I was going through the carpet at the, at the end, just like a puddle yeah. um, is what I imagine just being wrung out when you finally yeah. allow the emotions to come back in and to feel them and talk about them and let them pass through you again. Um, and how, that had to have caused 
a different experience of life from then. But it's great you had that moment where you like a week later, you could reflect on it and have it really click into place. Like, yes, this is my new reality. Because sometimes we do, we have to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and it has to be shared for us to, for it to really um, click for us. And what an amazing experience. And what I'm curious about now, Vicki, is now that you've gone through that process, you realize like you've you said throughout, like hindsight being what it is, it's so clear <laughs> now, you know, what are some of the practices that you put into place to make sure you don't cut yourself off from the scary or the unpleasant emotions that, that crop up every now and again for everybody? Absolutely. And I guess that whole process of self-reflection again just checking in with yourself seeing what's going on because I guess in my mind before I did the whole timeline thing and everything else I thought if I just held on to it if I didn't acknowledge it or didn't express it then it wasn't there and that ain't right if you can take the time to tune into yourself see what's going on and just view the emotions as sensations in your body rather than giving it a label or can it, you know, cause there's some, some of the labels that we give to things come with such weight, you know, it's, Oh, I feel depressed or I feel anxious. Just tune into what, what's actually going on in your body, slow down and get present. Cause so much of the time our minds just running off in the future. It's running off to the past and to just bring yourself into that present moment where you realize actually it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Mm -hmm. I've got this. Right. So, um, to be clear and to expand on that. So when you say not labeling the emotion, but just tuning into what you're experiencing, mm -hmm. um, what you're suggesting we focus in on is like, oh, I'm clenching my jaw or there's a cold sensation in my chest or I'm feeling achy. Is it those types of things that yeah, you're cluing precisely. in on? Precisely. Yeah. Oh, it's just a sensation through my kind of solar plexus area. It feels warm or it feels cold or just tune into things on, on the actual level that they are because we're so keen to label things. Um, and mm -hmm. then obviously, yeah, then it comes with a whole new set of problems. Um, oh, yeah, it comes with baggage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. And then suddenly that baggage is way heavier than we can deal with. But in actual fact, when you get yourself present and take away all that extra stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be there, you can manage it much more efficiently and much, much pleasant, much more pleasant for you. Yeah. And it sounds like a more productive way to deal with com what's coming at you. Like to say, oh, I have a lot of energy. I'm feeling jittery. Yeah. And my, I've got, my palms are sweating rather than to say I'm anxious. Like, yeah. <laughs> now you've got anxiety and you're exactly. dealing with that to just keep it very in the moment, very tactical. Cause we, cause our minds can deal with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got it. Awesome, Vicki. Well, I'm very curious now to hear you describe your leadership style, given mm -hmm. your background, given what you've been through, and given where you want to go and, and, and the work you want to do with other women. How would you describe yourself as a leader? Mm, now, this was something that I struggled with for a while. Now, when we spoke before and you said you developed what you do because of people women not believing that they're the leader and that's why they didn't take the take the action steps totally and utterly resonated with me and I always thought well I'm not a leader and that was definitely reflected back to me in by certain people and in certain situations and I think I had to get a little bit more comfortable with with what works for me in terms of leadership um, and that took a little bit of time but I would say 
I'm kind of play the role of the observer. Like I used to think that having being the leader meant you had to be the kind of loud one, the controlling, the you know all these other kind of connotations that I just linked to it just without really being consciously aware of those links. So yeah, I'm very naturally quite good at observing people. Um, I'm fairly introverted naturally, um, so I just tend to notice. Um, but in that noticing, it allows me to just call it as it is, just really see the patterns that people are playing out and call them on it, basically. It's such a powerful thing to have somebody in front of you just say, oh, you're doing that again. And you just kind of snap back into, oh, yeah, I am. Because it takes you a little while to break those patterns sometimes. So I guess calling people on their excuses, on their stuff, um, in terms of their results and their values. So rather than being any kind of critical or, um, you know, dictator style, but just play that role of the observer and get people to to find the answers in themselves. I think even before my training, probably, I was quite good at getting people to open up and to talk and to, and then people, when you tell somebody the answer that they need, it has a little bit of power. But when you create the situation where they find the answer themselves this they they have their light bulb moment so I guess I guess for me that's that's my style of leadership and again it, it took me a while to to realize that actually we all have those abilities to be a leader it just doesn't necessarily look like you think it's going to look Right. It translates very differently and there absolutely is a power in being the person who's paying attention right yeah. and, and bringing it up calling it to attention. And I love how you said, um, how you described it at the end, the work that you do, you're not just providing the answer, you're helping this person to be able to provide their own answer. Um, and somebody recently reminded me um, of the um, parable, you know, or the saying where that, you know, it's the difference between feeding someone for a day or teaching mm -hmm. them how to fish, That's you're right. teaching them how to fish so that they can go on and continue to have, you know, breakthroughs and aha moments and solve problems and grow because you've taught them the skill to continue the work and they don't necessarily need you standing right next to them all the time. You've taught them the skill to Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. I think there's huge power in that. Yeah. And Vicky, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Um, what I'm really excited about at the minute is I'm just going into the kind of second stages of the launch of my program. So Master Your Emotions is the kind of the full transformation. It's kind of the install your success mindset, I guess, is the kind of purpose of the program. But basically kind of rests on the foundation that you can't grow your business bigger than your mindset allows and I just noticed and definitely in some of the coaching that I've done it's so focused on systems and income and everything else to the point where I know a lot of people who've gone through a lot of programs and some of them get results and some of them don't and I guess that finding a way to bridge that gap um, was my idea with Master Your Emotions and that ability, just, just how we mentioned just before, to find the answers yourself. So you're now given the kind of tools and the, the skill sets and I guess the internal blueprint that you can solve your stuff as it comes up. I used to think, I, th I think when I first started out in, in personal development, that you would go through these processes, you'd have these experiences of letting stuff go and everything else, then you'd be equipped for the future. But the the bigger you grow your life, the bigger the kind of, problems you attract I suppose not not necessarily problems but 
the bigger stuff that you have to deal with within you in order for you to overcome it. So to give somebody the skills to continually up-level their life and, and change that internal blueprint so that your mindset and everything that goes on within you is supporting your journey every step of the way. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> maybe I should I tell. I'm very excited yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, and as you should be because I think, you know, sometimes we – we listen to something like that where it's like, oh, master your emotions. And people are like, well, what is it going to do for me? And, you know, what am I going to get out of this program? What are the tangibles? And sometimes that can be difficult. But I remember recently listening in on an interview with a gentleman who was a very successful business person. He was He's out in the world teaching people about online businesses, digital marketing, webinars, very successful, very well known in the industry. And he was asked the question, you know, what is it that people need? You know, if you could boil it down to one thing, which I, I hate those questions, but it was the <laughs> question that was offered up. You know, what's the, what's the one thing that people, you know, the skill or, or ability people need to have in order to be successful? And he said, master your emotions. You have to have the ability <laughs> to manage your emotions because when you are, you know, on this journey of trying to be successful, you're going to hit a lot of obstacles, right? And it's not that it's a bad thing. It is what it is. But if you're constantly upset and it derails you, you're not going to make it. Like you okay. have to be able to manage your emotions. Oh, I like that. And no, I didn't know that. So that's, that's <laughs> you boosted me even more. Yes, yes. And it was Lewis House who said that. And I can send you um, the link to, yeah, to his stuff. Yeah. And especially to hear a man say that you don't yeah. often hear men focusing on emotions or the intangibles. And he's very successful multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. And I, it was really nice to hear it was validating. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right, Vicki, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that you have that helps to make you a better leader? Um, oh, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think it's that going back to that self-reflection and being continually willing to develop yourself, being letting go of right for sure, and just being continually, yeah, willing to develop, willing to look at your stuff, what's coming up for you. Basically, I end up working with a lot of people who are already coaches, but a lot of them who aren't, have never had coaching themselves. And I guess my point is that you can't ask your clients to go anywhere that you won't. Now, I ask my clients to go pretty deep, so I have to be, you know, I, I want to take the, take the lead on that one because if I go there and I can show them the results and that can just be an obvious thing for them, it becomes a, a no-brainer for them. All the other kind of objections just fall away. So I would say that, yeah, constantly willing to work on you. Mm. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Now, this isn't directly about leadership, but one of my the books that opened my eyes the most was Eckhart Tolle and New Earth because the whole ego thing that he goes into in such depth and in, in, in a way that's totally unique to him and, and amazing to him um, but the role that your ego plays in terms of sabotaging you is such a powerful book. Because if you can control that, you've got massive control in all areas of your life. Yeah, that book's amazing. I I yes. shared it recently on my own interview. Oh, that, that, that Yes, it was the opening of that book that gave me my aha moment to go into coaching. Awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. Love- All right, Vicki. I know, I know. We find these connections everywhere. So if anyone's listening and you've heard me recommend it, you've heard Vicky recommend it, I know somebody else has recommended it. If you haven't read it yet, you know, just pick it up, put it on your bedside table and just read a little bit every night. He does have a unique writing style. So you do have to kind of calm yourself and really take in what he's saying. But it's an amazing, awesome book. Absolutely. All right, Vicki, what advice would you give your younger self? Ooh, um, I would say play your own game would be my advice. Um, play your own game in terms of know that what you want is fine. It's totally fine. Your way of doing things are totally fine. And just be comfortable to do what you want. Trying to be incongruent and do what you think other people want you to do is just a source of massive unhappiness. So play your own game, do something that feels aligned with you and you'll be happy. Awesome. Now share a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Mm. So from the big leap, I would say the mantra that I loved and have used so many times since I, since I read the big leap, um, his mantra is I expand in abundance, success and love every day as I inspire others to do the same. Um, and that just from the first time I heard it, I was like, well, I was listening to it on an audiobook, so I was like, rewind, rewind. And just to hear him say it and to feel the kind of resonance of that. Um, but basically, as we've kind of said all the way through, um, there's always stuff going to be coming up. You're always going to hit that new layer of something for you to deal with, for you to overcome personally. Um, and it, I guess it kind of takes you out of that state of it's all about you and puts you back into how can I serve? And it's that powerful switch in, yes, I'm doing what I want to do, but also this is the purpose. And it takes your fears and just makes them so much smaller when you realize that all your stuff has an impact, has that positive ripple effect on other people. Yes. And I've, I have to say something about this because I found in my own experience, when I take my attention off myself and I put it on other people, there's a lot less stress. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Like in a good way, like when I'm not so focused on my own problems, but looking to see how I can be of service and helpful to others, like completely changes my energy and I feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. All right. And lastly, Vicki, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Um, So I'm at lifeempowermentproject.com. So that's my site. We've got loads of um, blogs and, and some free content just to help you get your journey started. Um, And then we also have on Facebook, we've just recently set up the Business Women's Empowerment Group. So just a kind of a safe space for you to get some support, get some answers and get inspired. And your program, Master Your Emotions, will they be able to find more information on that at your website? They will. There's a full um, kind of work up on the program and what you can expect from it um, at the Work With Me page. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And so for those of you listening, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Vicki, thank you so much for taking the time at like 1.30, 2.30 in the morning <laughs> to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. And as I say, I'm just honored to be part of your movement. It's fantastic. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? 
Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me. And here's to your success.